0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to PopCast on the Rocks, episode 95. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: And returning guest, Dustin. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me back. You bet. Um, So we're going to be talking about the uncharted movie later in the episode we'll be talking spoilers about that um so hopefully you've seen it um if not you'll have to tune out then i'm afraid but before that we've got all kinds of non-spoilery content and news to cover mm-hmm. and i think there's some drink holidays this week last week there was uh there was nothing
1: yeah there was uh quite the scarcity last week we sort of stretched it um, with being like, oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday and it's Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day. Uh, but this week, we've got a couple different ones. Um, if you're a wine lover, you can raise a glass, as I am doing, to National wine Drink Wine Day, uh, which was two days ago, the 18th. Um, today, the 20th, it is National Beer Day. Glad I got that out um and uh tomorrow february 21st it is world kombucha day which i believe dustin is celebrating you smart man
2: <laughs> blur uh, out the logo and then
1: <laughs> <laughs> no product placement <laughs> yeah yeah uh, what an accommodating cheers. guest comes on and celebrates one of our drink holidays cheers
0: mm-hmm. yeah perfect. cheers uh, I am not celebrating a drink holiday, unfortunately, yeah. but I'll cheers nonetheless. Um, well, I do. I do also have a beer to celebrate the beer day. Oh, nice!
1: Oh, see, look at—we're all covered. So, John, you're excused. You're not excused I, I'm telling fitting... us what is in your drink.
0: <laughs> okay, it's. Uh, Are I'm you actually making to, the,
1: to what our topic is? Because then you're also excused.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. I I'm having the uh, first named cocktail that uh, apparently bartender Nathan Drake uh, made ah. for a guest. So I have I have a Negroni. Um, All
1: right. All right. My glass. So.
0: Yes. Nice.
1: All right. I'll allow it.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, well, perfect. Well, let's see what well, we've been up to. Andrea, how's it? How's your week been? We're a little bit uh, shifted here in terms of schedule.
1: True. Um, we True
0: you know, made the Uncharted movie happen. So now yes. uh, now we're to Sunday. How's it been? Yeah,
1: it's been good. Um, it's been busy. There have been a couple of new things that I've watched that have dropped this week. Um, Ali Wong dropped her third Netflix special, and so I watched that because I love her and I love her stand-up comedy, and it was not a disappointment. Um, especially okay. if you're, I don't know, if you're kind of a married with kids type, she's very like. Let me tell you some truths about what it's like to be married and have kids, um, especially as a stay-at-home mom, which I can't quite relate to that. But you know, it's it's all kind of generally there. So
0: well, you are a mom and you're home a lot. So it is
1: true. It is I true. Mean. And I have been home taking care of my child. You know, learning all about the uh, oh fun days of my child is sick. Let me stay at home and care for them. Also. While paying daycare fees, so (laughs) (laughs) oh the joy, oh Oh, yes, Um, but yeah, I I mean her comedy definitely applies more broadly than that, but I think uh I think there's a certain resonance there, so um it was a good Netflix special, cool um and then also kind of slipped in under the radar uh for especially for being such a uh you know kind of lauded and and awarded show, uh, but season four of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel dropped on Amazon Prime on Friday. Um, and that's a show that I love, so I was definitely, um, on Friday, one of the first people to, to get in episode one of season four, um, and they'll be dropping continuous episodes every Friday. And season four, also not a disappointment, great way to start. Kind of took me a minute to catch back up to where everything was, but they did a good job recapping for the audience and bringing us up to speed, so...
0: Okay, I didn't know you watched that show. Yeah. I,
1: yeah. I he-
0: I heard about it a long time ago. I've never watched it, but uh, yeah, I've just always heard good things.
1: Yeah, I I've really loved it. Um, you know, I'm I'm normally not one to jump on the bandwagon and I hate watching in general. I hate watching like shows that are super popular because it's just like uh Everybody's just like I'm gonna, oh my God, I'm going to start so a counter. Hard. I'm
0: going to start a We can do it for each other. We can <laughs> start like uh, you know, checking off you know hash marks to keep track of how many times we you reminded things. everyone yes that yeah
1: <laughs> i know i know <laughs> i know i feel like that saying that and um i like a balance in my shows so i like some comedy Yep, okay. I like them-
0: yep that's perfect kind of
1: like my my <laughs> my phrases now my my trademarks mm-hmm. um but yeah no i i made an exception for marvelous mrs mazel cuz i thought the premise you know sounded really interesting and i was not disappointed um, but like I said, I was kind of surprised that season four dropped without much fanfare. So I'm not sure if, you know, Amazon just has a lot of other marketing money tied up. And yes. obviously things we're going to talk about, like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and Wheel of Time, um, if they're maybe not as confident in season four, or maybe they are super confident that they're like, no, our audience knows, you know, we, we've got an idea of our fan base and they're going to follow it. So um could be. Yeah, I feel yeah, like
0: there's sure. never been a lot of fanfare around it. I only you know, I hear about it here and there, but I I don't see it out and about much like,
1: yeah, they
0: put it on the homepage, you know, and that's it. Like, have yeah, you heard because- of this show, Dustin? Yeah, I've watched, I think, all of season one
2: um, and I just forgot to pick up on season two and all that. But I almost feel like the fact that I watch season one is why i get ads for it too so i'm not sure Mm -hmm. like i i heard that it was coming out with season four and Mm -hmm. it's a very well-written show and i really like the main cast so
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i don't know i'll have to add it to the list
1: i feel like (laughs) around season two they were very like invested just because it was winning a lot of awards and they were you know just very like oh like we're gonna hype this show but now with Amazon's diversification, I feel that they're kind of, you know, choosing where to spend their marketing money. And right now, I think that's yeah. like, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> mm-hmm. to no sure. one's surprise. So, but anyway, I watched the first episode. Highly recommend that show if you haven't watched it. Um, Other things I watched, kind of very random, all around the board. I watched on Netflix, The Tinder Swindler. Um, okay. Yeah. I, uh, I heard
0: it's doing well.
1: It is. It's fascinating. It is a really well-told story. Like, very concise. Everything's very easy to follow. Um, It's interesting. It grips you right from the beginning, just, like, kind of figuring out what's going on and, like, how this sort of thing could happen. And I will not give away the ending, but the ending is an absolute, like, slap to the face. Like, what? Like, I just, I felt like, the story was proceeding along, you know, a very expected route. I was following everything. and We were getting to like the big finish. And then out of nowhere, wham. Like the ending okay. just punched me in the gut. So.
3: okay, yeah. Is
2: this like a true crime thing? Is. Or is it? Okay. Yes. Perfect. So it's
1: it's following um these uh, couple of women who were taken in by a guy on Tinder who is like, Oh, I'm like
0: taken in by.
1: Taken in by yeah, they believed he built this like lie of a life that he had, and they were sort of taken in by the the story. And he oh, made it okay. seem like this is my like, life. come my
0: children, I shall take care yeah. of you. <laughs> it's like Tinder is changed uh since <laughs> I heard about it.
1: Yep, it's it's where you know fanatics meet their cult leaders now. Yeah, my yeah. Huh. <laughs> you yeah. know they're they're just in the business. I might of look at this app
0: then. Yeah. You know?
1: um but yeah no he he builds up that you know he's this billionaire son he's in like the diamond industry you know he he's got all this money lives this crazy cool life and like takes them on um amazing first dates and then kind of hooks them in and like oh i'm you know like this really amazing person and i'm a great boyfriend and then you know something goes sideways and oh i need to borrow some money really quick like you know we're in love Mm. it's okay like And then suddenly it just becomes like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get where it starts. You know, it doesn't like his first request seems so reasonable. And Mm, then suddenly it just accelerates. And you're like, I don't know how you're in this point and not feeling red flags and not feeling like I wouldn't do this. But I don't know that the the way they tell it, it just follows so logically. And and he's so good at like preying on emotions. That I'm like, ah, oh, I, I see how you could in this situation, sure. but yeah. Anyway, excellent. Yeah. If you're a fan of true crime, it's a, you've good convinced story. me it's, it's so good. I really enjoyed it. And the fact that, um, you know, they're, they're talking to these women who it's like, yeah, I'm not ashamed. Like, I'm going to put my story out there. You know, this is what happened to me. And they have all these like, video recordings and voice messages and, you know, messages on like WhatsApp. It's just like, oh, my God, you're in it. It's <laughs> insanely interesting.
0: And uh, that uh, uh, does sound kind of fun. Yeah. Up and it, Ashley's I mean, it's not, for sure.
1: It's uh, it's not too long, which I think is nice. It's not like this three-hour thing or it's not like, you know, eight, one-hour specials. Right. They're like, nope, it's pretty like neat and concise. So. It's
0: easy to judge uh, victims of that kind of thing. It's like, God, I can't believe it. But, you know, it happens over and over. So I think it's just not it's, you know, people know how to prey upon, you know, someone that's in a weak state, you know, going through something tough or whatever. And well,
1: and and his strategy wasn't always the same. You know, sometimes Mm. it was like, you know, you know, he was pretending to be somebody's boyfriend. And, you know, they were like, "Oh, we're falling in love, And, you know, we're looking for houses together and all that kind of thing. And then, with one woman, she was talking about how they met, and they sort of were trying to form a relationship, and they were both just like, nah, it's it's not working romantically, but they became super close friends. And so, like, even the fact that he was just like mm. cultivating this like really deep friendship, he was mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't have to force the romantic thing. Like I can. Get it this way, too. Right. He was, like, super adaptable and very clever, which you hate to admit about somebody like that, but, yeah. Well, yeah. Well-played game, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was really good. And then, uh, as as we talked about last episode with, you know, kind of all of the Marvel Netflix shows leaving the platform, I did restart and get back into Luke Cage because – I really want to get all that finished before everything leaves, in case it doesn't go somewhere. Although perhaps it will.
0: Yeah i I was listening to there's um there's a big movement uh, save Daredevil uh, that was you know yeah and and so there's a a group of um women that basically started this and they Mm -hmm. still do a podcast on a semi regular basis or whatever for it and um they seem to think per the agreement signed. There is no reason that these shows can't come to another platform. Okay. Marvel owns them. Netflix made them. Like, it's just, it's just, um, so, yeah, I, I don't know how that'll be immediate, but it seems to me that um, they'll put it somewhere, I would think. Sure. So.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's excellent content. Um, I've really, I've loved most everything I've been watching. Lu- Luke Cage, I'm a little... Iffy on, um, but Daredevil and Jessica Jones are absolutely amazing. So cool, hopefully, they can find a new home.
2: Yep, yeah, it's sad to even think about the idea that something made with so
0: much love and detail can just
1: Mm. vanish, disappear. Yeah,
0: yeah, and like you can get some of them physical copies, but it's kind of hard Mm -hmm. because I think they distribute that generally speaking, uh, outside. The United States um where people maybe don't have agreement with Netflix or Netflix isn't in their country or whatever you know right. so but um yeah you you can get Daredevil um I think on DVD but I don't know about the others so
1: yeah this is uh this is kind of the danger of streaming platforms here you know you're running into something like this I mean everybody's kind of giving up their physical copies of things and being like, oh, it's on streaming. You know, I can just go find it whenever I want to. Well, I mean, if you rely on that solely, stuff like this happens. You know, you can't always just go back and it's not always going to be there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just for those things that you really, really, really must have for all of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to be sad if they're gone because I know a lot of things... If it was gone, oh that's too bad, but I was never gonna watch it or play it again anyways. Like I'm ninety percent sure. But there are those things that you just maybe always come back to, and that's yeah, not a bad idea. Get that locked down physically. Yeah. Yep. Season eight of Game of Thrones. Just that
2: season. (laughs) I never wanted to disappear. Oh sold out. Yeah. Uh huh. uh, Yeah.
0: OK, nice. All right. Well, and you're well still done. reading a well, Twilight thanks, book. Sir. I see. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, my crossroads of Twilight. Oh, yes. We love okay. time. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. to confuse our viewers. No Twilight over here. Oh. Um, yes, I am still. Oh, my God. It's such a slog. I'm like so close. I know I need to finish it so I can finish this GD series. It
0: seems like you should just stop. Like, that's <laughs> what it seems like. It no. seems like it's not worth it, Andrea.
1: No, this will be the third time I failed. I can't fail again, John. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ashley's, or you're gonna like, yeah. See, Ashley will power through anything, you know. But usually, if, if she doesn't like it, she's gonna quit. And I, if I feel like you're not liking this, and you're still gonna power through it anyways, yes. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're gonna be, you're gonna be fifty. And you're still going to be reading this series and shanking things in the first borderlands. That's what's going to be happening.
1: Okay. The second one might be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to finish this book. I've, I, cause I have to get through this book. Cause this has been the book to stop me both of the previous two times. I need to get through this book okay. and I need to see if it gets better on the other side. If it doesn't, that would be the point when I would quit. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Right, I I need to see what's what's there on the other right. shore. <laughs>
0: Grass is always greener, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I think our friend Wes once told me like with Smallville, yeah, mm. we just watched like get to the seventh season and then it gets really good. What? <laughs> I, it's uh, all the torture for hours and hours. What, do, what do you think?
1: seasons, I, my god.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how many there are. That wasn't it. Like, is it it's ten? It was towards the end. Ten. It's okay. Ten. All right. yeah. yeah,
1: that's that's most of the series. Yeah. Jesus. So. I mean, I don't know. He's he's not wrong in the sense of like there's a lull in the middle, like four or five kind of thing. Um, okay. And then it picks up again, but woof! I don't know. I wouldn't push myself through seven seasons, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dustin, how about you? How's your, uh? how's your week been? You've been up uh, to, I guess we haven't talked to you in a little bit. So you can branch out, branch out further than that if you'd like.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: sure.
2: Um, well, I recently turned 35, so Woo, I can feel my body giving out on me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Been playing a little bit of Project Zomboid, as you know, that was very fun. I think might go back into that because now there's so many mods and so many interesting things to Mm. do with it. Um, It's a very, very wide range of things you can do with that game, which is why it's so intriguing. Um, Played a little bit. Did you ever
0: manage to get that server set up right and stuff? Oh man, that was my nightmare.
2: No, I never could. It was so Shane and I tried like for like over an hour together to try and like troubleshoot what was going on. And for whatever reason, Shane could do all the exact same steps and set it up and it would work. But then I would do that and it wouldn't work. So I don't know. either way. um, Started playing a little bit of Sifu pretty much right at the end of that. That is quite fun. If anybody's into um, good fighting games and somewhat roguelikes, then that game's uh, premise is not just... Um, what do you call it? It's... Gimmick. Yeah, it's not a gimmick. It's There's something very interesting to how to play that. Um, I don't really want to ruin it or get into depth of it because... Mm-hmm. I probably won't explain it in a way that makes any sense, but uh, it's worth checking out.
0: Well, I feel like people—I mean, know people that are interested know the the maybe they don't the premise around mm-hmm. the game, but yeah, I think it's pretty pretty neat. I I like that they wanted a they had in mind, I guess, a specific kind of style of martial art they wanted to find, and so they got someone that uh em- embodied that well and so i i appreciate all the accuracy to the martial arts for mm-hmm. it yeah um, they did it's a little short smooth. film for it too
2: yeah yeah i mean they definitely did their research i know that they made absolver i believe was the game yeah this, which was also very combat and martial arts focused so they definitely mm-hmm. like cut their teeth learn from that mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah everything in there now is, like, so smooth with how you go about it, and it's very well telegraphed that, like, when you finally, when you're flowing and you figure out, there's a guy going to throw a bottle at me, and then, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff, it it's pretty fun. Um, so I highly recommend that. And then um, beyond that, I've been watching Murderville on Netflix. Ooh, with how do you like that? Will Arnett. Oh, man, I love it. I love okay. Will Arnett, and the premise just fits so well with what I would enjoy seeing. Excellent. Um, yeah, I highly recommend that, too, because okay. they've, they've got pretty much like all of the people that you're used to seeing in like really weird comedies, like on Adult Swim and right. whatever, um, like Children's Hospital and stuff like that. They'll have them come in and be the cast around everybody, and it's, it's very well done. So okay. I hope that that keeps going. Good. Um,
0: other than that, huh. I, my, you
1: my memories. John?
0: Yeah, based on or got I guess Arnett got the idea from seeing the UK show Murder and Success Bill. Never heard of uh, that. I hadn't heard of this one either. I, I this is a uh, news to me.
2: I guess I should have um, known every. Half of all the new shows are <laughs> proven like hits in the UK yeah. or something. <laughs> well,
0: it sounds like it's you know, like it 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 uh, you know, the way they phrase it in here is um Murderville is the brainchild of Arnett who sparked to the premise of the UK series Murder and Successville. So it's it's different. They just, you know the more the way i think it should be done you're inspired by something you want to make your Mm -hmm. own kind of version of that type of thing sure right um yeah
2: and with it being like an improv kind of thing there's just no way for it to be
0: identical so sure it's cool it's It's very well well done comedy yeah nice well that's a lot of stuff sounds like fun Oh yeah! When are they gonna come with the uh with the some meaningful giant update to Valheim? I want to play know. that game again. I
2: know. I was just thinking, I like, kind of missed that one. Project Zomboid kind of reminded me of the fun that we had in Valheim, but mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be another one of those where, like, three years from now is when they'll finally have enough content to lure me back in. Sure. Yeah. I know they they came out I, with more stuff for
0: like building. And stuff like that, but okay, it'll be a game just that's in preview in perpetuity, yeah, you know, different (laughs) alpha and beta channels, yeah, yep. Um, well, I basically watched anime this week, um, I got a few other things in, I guess. Um, we finished Toilet Bound Hanukkah Kun, so that's was just one season and but there's the the manga continues so hopefully there'll be a season 2 of that adapting more of the manga um and i talked about it a little bit on the like our anime show but the demon slayer finale hit and um that was that was very good but i wish they would have pushed the last two episodes together it's one of those okay. things where the penultimate episode is where all the craziness happens and then you kind of have the wind down and the res- resolution in the final episode. Sure. So that's nice, but it's not so nice to wait a week. And then, cause then I'm like, well, wh- what are you going to do now in your final episode? Right. Um,
1: but either way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. But, um, and then, um, we did get a little more daredevil in as well upon the, uh, announcement of it leaving Netflix. So yeah, we're trying to, Watch more of that with my parents. Um, did did you guys watch this? Well, andre I know you did the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dustin, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did not. Okay, all right. I well, heard
2: that there was things happening. No, I don't know. <laughs>
3: really, did it was throwing. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. No, I. I mean, it was a bummer for me because of the results, um, but it was it was a pretty good pretty good game i thought
1: it was a good game um i guess spoilers if you haven't watched the super bowl um i was disappointed that the bengals didn't take it i thought they fought hard all game and i was kind of bummed that the rams came back it felt i don't know it just it didn't feel like they had the momentum that they were like gonna win the game I, i don't know I just I yeah. really want you didn't have this angle. like big
0: turnaround, you yeah. know, that. Uh, yeah,
1: I was really and I was really disappointed that, you know, they had scored and I thought Joe Burrow was going to get a chance to take it down. And he never did. And I just I really wanted him to have that chance. And if they couldn't do it, then I would have been satisfied. But I, I just didn't really want the Super Bowl play to be decided on a defensive okay. like, move like that. I don't
0: know. Yep. Well, um, so. Sticking on the Super Bowl a little bit because this can lead into our first uh, news topic here. Yeah. For one, um, what do you think of a halftime show?
1: I loved it. It was like all all my music, like the entire <laughs> room of people I was watching with. We were all just like jamming, knew all the words to everything. Loved it. Loved nice. it. And I appreciated its. It's production value, but also, and it feels a little strange to say, but it's simplicity in terms of comparison. It was toned down. Yeah, with like the Mm. weekend, just was like, and I loved his music and I loved his show, but it was so overproduced that I was like, I'm almost not really like getting your music. Hmm. I'm just like so dizzied by everything that's happening on my screen right now. I'm not really listening to you like I want to listen to you. So I just sort of appreciated the return to focus on the music even though some cool things were happening
0: okay yeah yeah no i thought it was a pretty good pretty good halftime show too um a lot of stuff i hadn't listened to in a long time so mm-hmm. um sure. the other elements to the super bowl uh traditionally we've talked about this on the last episode or whatever what what are they going to have what are they going to have for ads what are going to be the big commercials that kind of thing um, We. Um griped about why do they release the trailers that they're going to show during the super bowl before the super bowl to ruin the surprise i don't understand that but um one of the trailers that apparently was at the super bowl i missed it i if i maybe it was like before right before it started or what was the doctor strange trailer
3: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. was it was it right at the
0: beginning okay because i was like i didn't leave or anything i i don't know where i missed this but either way
1: I, yeah it must have been early on because I didn't leave either but I, I remember seeing it so
0: okay all right well the Doctor Strange trailer what do we think of that Dustin you, did you get it? a chance to yeah. see it yeah uh, I saw
2: one but that was weeks ago so now I'm thinking that there must have been a second one that I didn't see and I'm surprised mm-hmm. I haven't really see- usually that stuff pops up for me and I check it out so I think that I'm a little bit behind on that now. The algorithm
0: has failed you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was it, I mean, uh, just to like, I mean, I guess a little bit of spoilers, but I mean, was it a long trailer that you remember watching before? Did, you know, Scarlet Witch appear in it?
2: Yeah. Yep. So I, I'd seen it on YouTube and then I think the next week I went to go see a movie and it was at the, during, Okay. That um so yeah not oh not is the that same one then is at the end of uh, No Way yes. Home? Sure.
3: So, yeah.
2: I saw that one.
0: Okay. So you're telling me there's yeah. a new one? Okay. There's a new one. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it looks pretty crazy to me. I mean, I'm I'm expecting crazy multiverse of madness. It should be crazy, right? I mean, I mean did you it's in the title? It better be. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea, do you, were you impressed by the by this trailer? Does it have you more excited, or or less excited, or are you just?
1: I I'm not sure. Um, I I like the ambition in it. Um, I like that they're embracing the weirdness of Doctor Strange and kind of stretching that and seeing, you know, I think I feel like they're testing the limits of what audiences are going to pay attention to and be interested in um marvel's really kind of pushing like okay this this isn't going to be you know our traditional story about you know the rise of a superhero and funny jokes overcoming obstacles like yay resolution um you know dr strange has always been a little bit different in that way but now i really feel like they're they're running with it and i like that element to it um but i don't know that that in terms of putting together a trailer and having like the kind of rise and fall of emotion and unexpected reveals and, you know, really like, Oh, look at this, the height of these moments and, you know, things like that. I'm not really sure that the trailer did that. I'm not really sure it packed the punch that I would expect from a trailer, but that could just be me.
2: And I would say that I am all for that if they are saving that for the movie if there's like those moments where it's just like i'm glad that they didn't even hint at that because i mean i'm kind of with alan at this point where sometimes if i'm excited about a movie i try not to watch too many trailers for it
3: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. no i i used to like i'd watch more trailers than i watch movies i i would watch i remember when the it was kind of a big deal when the first when the episode one trailer came out. it was one of the earlier ones where before yeah you just see this on t v or in a movie theater and now it was being distributed online. you could go to like apple's website and through via quickTime or whatever you could you could view this trailer mm-hmm. and um it was kind of the start of that, and so I remember yeah i tried to save every trailer that I could that I loved and I watch them over and over but yeah as time has gone on I definitely watch fewer I've watched more now I guess doing this show because I'm like well if I'm going to comment on them I suppose I should see it but Mm -hmm. otherwise yeah
2: yeah now like for things like this that I have no idea what it's going to be about or if I'm going to be interested then I'm I'm all for checking it out and being like okay I would see that yeah but other movies where it's just like I've already heard that it's coming out and I know I'm going to go see it at some point. Then I, I want it to be that thing that really lets me experience it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And the yep. one thing that I will say about like Blade Runner 2049 is that that made that trailer made absolutely no sense whatsoever, <laughs> even though I understood like, Oh, it's a sequel to Blade Runner.
3: Right. And
2: mm. and then when I went and saw that movie, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm glad that he didn't like go through the beats where you basically saw the first two thirds of the movie. And
0: mm-hmm. so it's always interesting what you put together. And then after you've seen the movie, you watch the trailer and like, wow, they had that in the trailer. How could they do that? They get, that gave give away so much, but without any context or knowing what's happening, it just goes right by, you know?
3: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I um, for me, watching the trailer, I remember being um, hit by two very different beats in the trailer. Both of them having to do with Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange approaching her and being like, "Did Vision ever talk about you know the multiverse and Wanda going?" He had his theories, and then there was like an immediate cutaway, and I was just like, Hmm. "Okay, that was." anticlimactic like I already know the multiverse is here and because it's in the title what did this add for me to you know to like tease me into like what are we going to discuss about the multiverse um so I just remember some of the moments for me felt like flat like that where I was sort of expecting not maybe a big reveal but just a little bit of something more than what did What did we talk about the multiverse um, okay. just something extra, and then the other moment that that hit for me was right at the end of the trailer um where Scarlet Witch is like talking about, you know, you break the rules and you're a hero, I break the rules, and I'm a villain. like how is that fair? And I was just thinking like, ooh, this is some some good stuff to bring up like perspective on who's heroes and who's villains like it's a very fragile line in the Marvel verse. And I think in, you know, in many different kinds of movies where we have heroes and antiheroes, but
0: well, know, let me just was, say, it kind of a it's a cool thing
1: to bring up just because of not once, like if you've watched WandaVision, then, you know, right. There's, there's a whole arc there that feels more impactful by her bringing that up. And if you've watched that,
0: but it's not the breaking the rules. That is why someone's in trouble. You're in trouble because of the result of the rule breaking,
1: right? So like, then, you're Wanda it breaks on the rules, results. and
0: yes, I you mean, know what that's... I mean.
1: Like, so, but like that—that that can change so much depending on somebody's viewpoint. Of like, do I like this or don't I?
0: Well, what Wanda did, there's not a lot of wiggle room, uh, for. Oh, but it's okay. Like, um, <laughs> no worries. These people just I want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it, I guess, you know, but But it's pretty bad
1: it is. It is pretty bad, but also on the flip side, like not something that was irreversible. And she she rectified that mistake large as it was in the end without massive like death.
0: And then still didn't learn her lesson in a way. Is like well, I've just got to.
1: Didn't she? Because
0: she still used that for another specific person. Now we can, you can say, well, sure, this person deserves what is Mm -hmm. happening to this person. I see, I see. But you know, it's just now done that's a perspective, isn't it? Yeah. See, that's that's that one has more. There's more leeway there. I think there's more wiggle room, but.
1: I don't know. I, yeah, just, I thought it was like it's difficult to, to talk up.
0: about without, yeah, you know, without, saying for sure, "Hey, right. Wandavision spoilers." So,
1: yeah. <laughs> which, if you yeah. haven't seen Wandavision, go see Wandavision because it's amazing, Very and will also bring a lot of great context to Doctor Strange, too.
2: Right? Yeah. Did you guys end up watching the What If series? I've watched no, some I of don't. that, but I
1: haven't finished it. Oh, because uh, oh. I'm watching it with Chris and and we always were like several light years behind on everything because we to I, so slowly.
2: I highly recommend that. And I also yep. feel like there might be a connection between some parts of that Ooh. to this sure. multiverse of
1: madness. Sure. Mm-hmm. That make I mean, that would make a lot of sense if they're exploring, you know, different things like what if. Uh, T'Challa was Star-Lord, or, you know, what mm-hmm. if Peggy was Captain Carter? I don't think I'm giving any spoilers there, really. It's no, like the that's, the, the pre- that's the whole the premise, premise of yeah. the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not like canon the... or anything, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. I think the art style turned me off uh, from that sure. initially. Sure. Um, oh,
2: really? I feel like
0: they nailed the art style on that. Hmm.
1: But like personal preference, and, it's not like no. yeah. Maybe maybe yeah.
0: emotion, you know, like what you know, or something like that. But yeah, and then um,
1: yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I've I've heard a lot of people like it. Definitely has its fans. Like it didn't do as well as expected, but has a lot of people that that did watch it really enjoyed it. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it was it was one of those things where you just think it's like a, just a simple a bunch of one offs, and then. They start tying in some things, and I won't sure. get into anything, but I thoroughly enjoyed where it ended off. So mm-hmm. definitely cool. a worth a watch
3: if anyone's sure.
2: into Marvel. All yeah, right. if you can read a whole book twice and try <laughs> and
0: get to the end, you can watch some Marvel TV
1: shows. Uh, yes, for sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but there's so many. There's so many Marvel TV shows. I went three, times. True.
3: <laughs> three <laughs> times.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of something that will be coming out that hopefully will warrant watching it three times. Mm. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, the rings yes. of power. Um, I wanted to bring this up again because so we've been talking about it, but there's a little bit new of a new development um in the Lord of the Rings universe now. Mm-hmm. um so i'll start with that i guess they're they've announced an anime series or an anime um movie perhaps um that is being done called the war of rohiram
3: mm-hmm.
0: and um yeah they say it's really supposed to be in the vein of peter jackson's lord of the rings so it feels like it's supposed to kind of continue on that track or uh, that tone, I guess. So, why um, is
1: it animated?
0: Why is it animated? Well, probably budgetary reasons (laughs) and that kind of thing. It's like they don't want to spend another billion dollars on another one, I guess. you You don't want to see the animated? It's not... No. I mean, they
2: could have done live action, but it would just been like three people on horseback riding around New Zealand and that's <laughs> it.
1: Just get Carl uh, Urban to come back. Just ride around.
2: Well, I would watch that, I guess.
1: I would.
3: <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't know. I. I am not against... Animation with regard to Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. I absolutely love the animated Hobbit. I think it's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't... I guess the where I get wary is like tying it into like, oh, it's like Peter Jackson's. Like, no, I don't want... I don't want those associated with animated. If you're going to do it animated, do it completely different. Like, don't... I just worry that they're going to try to get stylistically... I don't know. Like,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is. I would say. Does the fact that
1: it's animated? I don't know.
0: <sighs> yeah, I, I see. I don't. I don't know for sure what's hap- going to happen here. It's it's done by the director of Ghost in the Shell. Right. Um. I think I think the TV series, not the movie, probably. Um, and is it
1: Fran Walsh or Philippa Boyens who's also helping produce this?
0: Um Philippa.
1: Okay.
3: Yep. Sure.
0: Yep. So it says uh movie is set um in Tolkien's Middle Earth universe, and we'll go into the history of Helm's Deep, the famous site, of the later battle. Da, da, da. Um and yeah, dealing with the let's see yeah, focusing on Helm's Helm's Deep. So, and then ninth king of Rohan.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but we don't know what yeah stylistically like art wise what it's going to be like um or anything like that so
1: yeah i just i i just get wary when you know as as we've talked about you know we get wary about mixing medias you know with, with shows and how does that translate and you know sometimes that can work out really well and sometimes it doesn't and it just it does worry me that someone from like Peter Jackson's team is on this. Not that I don't think they're going to do an excellent job of storytelling, but that, you know, they're, they're going to get too um, locked into, you know, this is what we did when Peter Jackson was doing things and this is how we approached things. And then you start to convolute like, well, you know, this is an animated thing. Like, you know, are we not bound by, you know, the world, That's live action, or are we confusing things? Are we, you know, getting stylistically like too real and forgetting that we're creating an animated product?
0: Okay, yeah, I don't know. That could be.
1: It just it just worries me because I think things are most successful when they remember what medium they're working in, and sometimes I think that can be difficult to like shift back and forth, and and things just don't translate to the other.
0: There was a quote I was trying to find that um, I thought was particularly relevant. I wanted to double check that it was that it was uh, real <laughs> too, because you never know on that. Um, but it was it was talking about how Peter Jackson was saying when they were making uh, Lord of the Rings, they really were making it for like almost making it not for themselves but for Tolkien. You know, what would constantly in their mind, what would he want here? How would, how would he he want his world to come across? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just like that approach. And I mean, I hope that can be um, brought to something like this, this animation. But to, to your point, sometimes you want, I kind of like what they did with the, the anime Star Wars visions, you know, just like out there tell a different story, make something up, do your own thing. Um, you know, I kind of like that. So, yeah, yeah. Dustin, are you much into Lord of the Rings? Is that uh, the oh, yeah. thing you're fond of?
2: Right. I tried very hard to read the first Lord of the Rings book,
3: <laughs>
2: but then it's like 50 pages in and Bilbo has just started smoking his pipe before his birthday, and I was like, no, I don't think I can handle it. i mean i'm sure they're fantastic but um my mind wanders too much and knowing all the movies and everything before i jumped into the books then it Mm -hmm. felt like it takes a long time to get to the stuff where momentum's picking up and all that but um i've definitely watched all the extended cuts and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um I'll never forget introducing my cousin, who has never been like a fantasy fan, to him. And Crosby and I, <laughs> we stayed up all night talking about it, trying to get him to like convince him. He's like, finally, okay, let's watch it. So Crosby put in the extended cut of the first one, which has, you know, plenty of stuff to happen before it gets to the action. And Crosby and I both passed out. And my cousin was just like, you jerks like he just <laughs> made me sit here and watch this but then by the second movie he was he was totally on board because then it's like wow movies two and three it's just like non-stop giant battles so
1: right action yeah
2: he was all for
0: it <laughs> well okay so um we have i know andrea's answer um but what's what's your favorite of the trilogy then
2: oh um That's hard to say because I felt like, of all trilogies, like that trilogy is is so close on all of them for me. Mm Because they're, I mean, I love number one because it really sets the stakes and everything. But then, the ending doesn't really give you a satisfying. Like it's just like okay, we got through that, but we still have so much more to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two had such a great like ending of triumph. Um, so I think maybe that would be my favorite. And then, you know, number three extended gives you so much more. Yeah, stuff, which is very exciting. Um, So definitely number two would probably have to be my favorite. But then maybe number one, then number three, I'm not sure. I got to go back and watch them. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like the thing that I feel like I need to watch every five years or so just to remember how dang good they are.
1: They are. Yeah. They're such like a close trilogy. There's not, in my opinion, there's not one you're like, oh, obviously this Mm -hmm. one. And then like, you know, the other two, they're all just like so neck and neck. Just well done. Um, Now, as
2: for the hobbits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's different.
2: I enjoyed them, but I really felt like that could have been so two different. movies and just so different. cut out so much. <laughs> By the yeah. third one, when the actual like final battle starts, I'm like, wait, this <laughs> movie's not over now. <laughs> I don't know,
0: but I actually never saw the third Hobbit film. That's, oh, really? Uh... No. Yeah. Well, I know I you're disappointed. disappointed the... OK,
1: there's a there's a I payoff mean... there. I mean, yeah,
0: I, I should see it. I. I... I would like to see it, I guess. I just yeah. I don't know. I I didn't get to him in the theater. I was so like affronted by the idea that you're taking The Hobbit and making it 3 3-hour three an 3-hour hour movies.
3: Yeah. Like this yeah. is
0: foolish. Yeah. Um and so I just it, I think we had a, a glorious magical moment where Peter Jackson and co jumped off to New Zealand spent a decade or whatever making, you know, a, a work of art, three very long films that can be watched back to back and like you say they're great, the music's there, they um you know revolutionized some uh special effects, you know everybody always did uh, it was always ILM and then Weta Works was put on the map because of this mm-hmm. um all kinds of things. We had this Flavor of time. And now I feel I feel like Tolkien's world is just it's just a downhill track from here. I don't know. So um we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah. We um, well I the thought maybe that's hard to hard to capture. You know, it's hard to match that again. Mm-hmm. And obviously we yep. know even even with Peter Jackson, I think pretty much everyone can agree the Hobbit fil- films failed at that.
0: Yeah. Well, and you start with kind of the best, which is the mistake sort of, it's like, well, let's tell the story to near perfection that everybody wants to hear the, the renowned books. Well, let's see, how can we get some more money out of this? Now let's start taking the other things. Let's take the children's book, the Hobbit. That's, you know, 150 pages or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. And let's make that, let's stretch it beyond belief. And then now let's take, which leads me to the next part Back to the Vanity Fair article, because we were talking about this, and it, mm-hmm. I don't know why it didn't click with me, but I, I was saying how it, I thought that they were having to take stuff from appendices um, to the Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about a lot of this stuff happening in the Silmarillion.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, in this Vanity Fair article, they call out they don't have the rights to adapt the Silmarillion. They they have the rights to the appendices. So they're going to be telling stuff that is is in the Silmarillion, but basing it on the appendices so they can get away with this technically, on a technicality. And so that means they have to fill in tons of stuff. There's already, as we talked, thousands of years of time being spanned here that you'd have to fill in a lot of gaps within the Silmarillion. But they can't use that, so they have to they have to take the bite size cliff notes, and then just invent. This is a terrible idea. Okay, <laughs> spending a billion dollars is. On this. This is I a know. wrong idea. I, I, I don't know why. I, I, it must have been my not understanding the part of the world that they're the part sure. of the story they're telling. So I didn't click with me before because this is just kind of stunning. So they like beg for the rights to something token. They get this, and like, yeah, let's drop a billion dollars and just basically invent it all, because they wouldn't give us the rights to the Silmarillion. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I feel like it's, you know, it's crazy that they didn't learn their lesson from The Hobbit, that stretching things out and inventing them is a terrible idea and people hate that. You know what I mean? Like that's mm. that's fundamentally, if you strip away, you know, everything that you could maybe nitpick or be annoyed or upset about at the Hobbit, that's like the essence of what's wrong with the Hobbit trilogy is that yeah. stretching out into three films material that did not need to be there it just dragged everything down, and you were like, "Why do I even care at this point about all this extra crap?" Because it's not well done. You can feel that it's not in Tolkien's material. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, adding well, a bunch of stuff here is also worrisome to me. To be like, "Oh boy, like we're gonna we're gonna do this again, huh?" Like we're gonna go in and and stretch some stuff out and make it into a season. They're talking like five, six seasons, you know, possibly already planned, semi-planned. That's a little scary.
2: Well, I'd have to say that Smeagol, I mean, sorry, Jeff Bezos, has never (laughs) really been in touch with what people want. So it kind of makes sense that he's like... Penis rockets.
3: (laughs) Yes.
1: Number one on Christmas
2: list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that he's just like, here, people like Lord of the Rings, right? Let's, uh
1: well, and he does. Here's a bunch it's of money. The crazy part. They keep talking in the article about like how much Jeff Bezos like loves Lord of the Rings and is so like, we had but to get our he... hands on this property. Well, that's the thing. It's like, do you really love Lord of the Rings then? If you, if you got your hands on this property and said, we're going to, You know, take what we can get and then stretch it out into all this different stuff like that. Mm. That's not real love. You know, (laughs) I don't I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, if you're if you love Lord of the Rings, like, how would you want this version of it?
0: For all that, we know, that, it could be PR speak. It's like when it's like the right, really ridiculous I mean. thing when you you sit down mm-hmm. and you listen, you're it's a behind-the-scenes video, and they're talking to the producer and executive producer and co-executive producer, and they're just like going on and on about authenticity and the person that they you know, like the, the dream cast they have, and it's just they're selling the movie that they invested in, like right. that's what yeah. they're there, and you if it feels like a suit talking to you from a monitor you know or they just right. have that PR speak so I don't I maybe Bezos does like it but it strikes me as like it's a thing that oh yeah I read those books as a kid I really like them that's fun here's a billion dollars make me a lot of money with it I don't I don't know you know like it just yeah
1: it does it I does loved
2: feel- it so much that I decided to chop out a bunch and then yeah. make up my own story like yeah. cool. I love your fan fiction. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> your billion dollar fan fiction. Um yeah, it's it's tough because I I also feel like the timing on this suggests not a love for Lord of the Rings is driving this, but we're still throwing things at the wall to find the next Game of Thrones, especially with like yep. Wheel of Time coming out and this coming out now. It's just like I don't know that I believe that wholeheartedly you know Mm. again not that Jeff Bezos couldn't love Lord of the Rings or be interested or you know have read them and been like I like this Um, but it does feel suspect to be like oh he's so invested he's so excited and you know Mm -hmm. this is is his passion it's like
0: yeah yeah, I don't know. I think it's At me, um, Jeff
1: Bezos. I don't know if this is your passion. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We want, we want to hear from you. Absolutely. And when you when you write in the show, I'm going to tell you what a dick you were to William Shatner. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I
3: don't
0: know if you guys saw that live. William Shatner went up in rock his no. rocket. And mm-hmm. he came down and they were like he was going to go over and talk to him. And again, you could tell it was just for a PR moment. William Shatner was like crying. And it had like an emotional experience going into space. Oh, like crying because like. Yeah. He know, just like, was like, oh my God, like, I just put in late. space. He was, like, you know. he was trying to talk about how it like put life in a new perspective and like all this stuff. And yeah. Bezos had to just like, oh, sorry. And go over to get a bottle of champagne to spray on everyone. Yeah. And, and then it, I, didn't see that. I just
3: was oh, like.
1: Pick, what? Your moment, <laughs> pick your moment, Bezos. Pick your moment. Read <Yep>. the room. <sighs>
0: asshole jesus
2: i wouldn't expect someone who makes that much money off of underpaid people (laughs) to have any sort of sympathy or connection with another human being expressing
1: human emotion uncomfortable (laughs) let me get some champagne i will drink this memory of human emotion away
0: (laughs) uh yeah man i don't know yeah i just it's i don't know it's not um i think that I think there's a real hubris here that people seem to think, well, you know, people really like those Lord of the Rings books. They're pretty good. I'm sure we can make something cool with that. And not like under thinking about the craft that goes into specifically writing a fleshed out world that's paced in a specific way. I mean, we see it with Game of Thrones. We see right. what ha- happens when the f- the final parts weren't actually thought out. They weren't actually like, this was the plan. This is, I mean, if it was just easy, Martin, George R. R. Martin would be done. Those <laughs> books would be done. Yeah. But he's trying to get it right and then do yeah. a bunch of other stuff too, like Elden Ring. But like, he, you know, he's trying to, make it right and it has to uh, things have to pay off and thing you know his world has to conclude properly and so then you get some writer's room at amazon just thinks they can just take these ideas and we're just gonna make it brilliant Mm -hmm. um what are your credentials you know like how are you you know what what epic fantasy masterpiece have you written that you could just get to do this now you know to like people forget how influential Tolkien's work was. Like
3: mm-hmm.
0: every our idea of fantasy is because of him. Like mm-hmm. whether it's Game of Thrones, it's D and D, everything we have with mages time. and elves and all of it is because of him. And I know he based on other things as well, but that's where we get it. That's our our touchstone for that. So like to just casually do this. I, I don't know. I just it's mm-hmm. it, it speaks to not caring about it.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean you you bring up obviously a salient point with Game of Thrones. I mean, season eight, seven and eight were basically working off of George R. R. Martin's like bullet points, outlines, much like appendices, and yeah. filling that in. Didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. I mean you know, everybody had pretty negative reactions to season seven. Obviously, nothing like season eight. But it's but it's not like people sat there going, ooh, this is so good, you know, even in season seven. And that seems to be the problem again here. Now, I am absolutely willing after watching the series to eat my words if I am wrong. If it turns out sure. great, I would yeah. be so flipping excited. Mm -hmm. I will lose my mind and I will be the first to be like, I was wrong. Criticized. I said all this shit, you know, once again, Jeff Bezos, you can at me and tell me how wrong I was. (laughs) Bring the champagne. But yeah, I mean, it it just, it does seem like people aren't learning this lesson of you can't just take bullet points and outlines and sketches and just fill in whatever you want and think it's going to be great because 9 times out of 10 it hasn't turned out great and we've noticed. Yep.
0: People are going to ask me like, "John, why you in you know, in the future, why are you doing your podcast by yourself now?" What happened, to Andrea? Oh, she saw Lord of the rings on Amazon, lost her mind, so she can't form words anymore. <laughs> her mind is gone. Oh, we'll I thought you were going to say pop
1: up just gibbering. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say
2: Jeff Bezos like bought her town and landed his spaceship <laughs> on her house or something.
0: Landed
1: his penis spaceship on my house. I am no yeah. more.
0: <laughs> yeah. That would be that would be an ending, yeah.
1: It That'd would be. Something. Didn't see that coming. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, one more well, okay, two more news stories to power through before we get to their main topic here. Um, I just wanted to say that Horizon Forbidden West. Thing I've been looking forward to because one of my favorite games of all time is Horizon Zero Dawn. So the sequel has finally launched as of Friday. Uh, review scores are coming in, coming in good. Seems to be well received thus far. Um, I bought the Behemoth. I was really fortunate to be a, I hesitated on buying one of the collector's edition things. And then when I decided I was going to, they were all sold out. And so I just happened to check, I think on a day that they dropped some news about horizon. I checked again on uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation's official site and there, there was the super, super expensive, giant normal box of uh, horizon stuff. And, uh, so if you're follow us on Twitter, go ahead and check a look there. I posted the pictures of what's what's in it and stuff. So, um, do you want to give us yeah. like a little so,
1: teaser of a few things, or or one item in particular that you really loved, or? Are well,
0: I mean, yeah, it comes with a it comes with a steel book. It comes a replica of the uh, of her focus. It comes with a giant statue of one of the new machines called the Tremor oh. Tusk. It's huge. I don't know where to put it.
3: <laughs> um,
0: art cards, little game pieces, and then di- some digital content it comes with the soundtrack. Sure. Uh, it comes with a big cloth map of the world. Um,
1: yeah, that map yeah. looks gorgeous.
0: Mm-hmm. The funniest thing: it doesn't come with a physical copy of the game. Really? Wow. Yes. Neither <laughs> special edition. I believe there's two of them. This, you know, uh, I don't think either of them come with a physical copy of the game. So you get co- you get a steel book, but it's empty. It just has things for the codes.
1: Did you know that? before i idea.
0: did know that because okay. <laughs> i actually have the digital version of the ps5 okay. so i'm stuck getting digital ones for this system anyways okay so i was i was perfectly okay with that
1: i was just and curious if you were you know opening and expecting to find and then we're like what oh that'd
0: be yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> wouldn't
1: that be the worst i yeah, know yeah. it's
0: it's gonna be some that will happen, happen to some people i'm sure yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, at least there's the code to download. It It wasn't just like, no, you're yeah. just getting all the accessories
2: <laughs> still gotta go yep. out.
0: get the game. I mean, it, it, we talk about physical versus digital. We just talked pre-show about the downsides mm-hmm. of, of digital, um, or whatever. And, you know, and with the Netflix stuff too, uh, mm-hmm. now and, um, it's, but but i wanted to play the first horizon zero dawn again or i was thinking about it anyways and i for a while i couldn't because i don't have a disc drive on the ps5 oh, and sure. i bought that on it with a disc so it shows the game in my library but i can't play it cuz it knows i need to put the disc in sure. now mm-hmm. i could pull out my ps4 pro from you know wherever and hook it up and stuff like that but um so i have a way to play it and then eventually it came became available on PS plus one month. So then I made sure I claimed it. And so now I have it digitally as well. Sure. So, but either way, it was a hiccup for a while like that. So hmm. yep. I've so I've been playing it. I got started. I'm uh, I'm a number of hours in. It's just absolutely beautiful. It is probably it's got to be the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Uh, the the nice. detail is just stunning. Um, I I can't stop going into photo mode. I don't know how I'm going to ever beat the game because I just (laughs) always had to go into photo mode, like buzz around, like look at the grass and like just all the stuff. Um, I learned how to play the new built-in game. So like Witcher has Gwent and a game within a game. This one has a a machine strike, it's called. It's kind of like a, a sort of a mix of Catan and chess. Uh, mm. uh and katan yeah. chest and like your standard card battler because you have your pieces that each have like how much they can move uh their health their attack but then it depends on the terrain they're on they can have some of them can have a uh, buff if they're on certain terrain so the boards you play on are different depending on so if it's grass or hills or whatever you know mm-hmm. um and then you move them around I have to take all the other person's pieces and Pretty fun so far. So cool. So, yeah, I always love it, that when a it
2: game adds that kind of, yeah. extra level in there.
0: Because then I went in the bar and I had a drink with someone, the people, the, the side characters in this game so far are so much better than they were executed in the first one. A lot of them are the same characters, but they're so much more believable they not only just the way that they look and they act and they move and all this stuff that just feels right they're also just more they're more alive uh in the dialogue there's more dialogue options i can actually have a conversation with these people i found that a lot of them in the first game i really didn't care about i just cared about the main story i cared about the mystery but the mm-hmm. aside people like i really if they died i wouldn't even care um but this one is like change that pretty quick. All of a sudden like, oh, this person, you know, Varro, you're pretty cool, you know? Um, so like different people like that. But it's it's nice. been good. So
1: excellent. Yes.
0: That's my quick preview, I guess. First thoughts. Um one more gaming story. CD Project Red. Mm-hmm. They really bungled up some stuff. <laughs> I, I the management there really <laughs> uh really Um, I don't know. I'm not without swearing, I don't know how how to describe it best. I need a better better uh I need a thesaurus right now because they they messed up some things and I don't know that they can get their credibility back anytime quick. Well some people that have worked there, that worked on Witcher and Cyberpunk have left now and made their own studio. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to bring them this up for a couple reasons. Um one is we talk a lot about acquisitions and the acquisition-hungry market we're in right now and stuff. Right. And this is my evidence for why it's not something we need to worry about so much. Mm-hmm. Um, because there will always be new studios. Always be someone that they, they're unhappy. You know, They have a, you know, a resume they've built up. They're unhappy with where they work. or They have ideas of different things they want to do. And they start their own company. And we see that with smaller companies like who made Sifu, like you're talking, uh, Dustin earlier. And now mm-hmm. this new game studio that uh, these developers are starting up called Rebel Wolf Wolves Studio. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll get something hopefully cool from them. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And yeah. hopefully so they don't have the their purpose. corporate overlords like demanding they like switch their game to from third person, the first person, so they have to restart right. the whole thing again and then like make them f- make it happen on pra- past gen consoles and then release it too early anyways, <laughs> not give out all- review copies for the old gen. Like the the list of things that just dis- destroys our trust in this beloved company. So right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they uh they don't give a whole lot. I mean, it says they're already working on their first game and we get like a little art from that. Which looks pretty sweet, but there's not a lot there to to go on. Um which, you know, I think like is is kind of about right for announcing, you know, you're breaking off and starting this new gaming company. You don't want to give everything away. You wanna get people interested, but not like pr- you, you don't you also don't wanna like overpromise. Just be like, Yep, we're working on a cool game. Here's a here's a photo to get you like in the <laughs> <Yeah>. mood. <laughs> you
0: don't
1: wanna be yeah, like, just hey, like the we're last game. On a game, you don't want to overpromise. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm
1: you want to be like hey we're releasing like a game later this year forget that like yeah mm-hmm. so yep i mean sounds cool i'm excited they're they're they sound like they're already like hard at work on what they want to do so yeah Who who could expect more
0: it's great um all right that's uh it for the news we might as well talk about a video game adjacent topic Mm. the topic of the week the uncharted movie um spoilers ahead (laughs) uncharted is a um pretty renowned video game franchise from naughty dog of sony and they have been trying to get an uncharted movie off the ground for many years um, different names attached, different directors attached was gonna be Mark Wahlberg being Nathan Drake at first, uh, just all kinds of stuff and um, you guys didn't hear about that
3: oh yeah no. for,
0: for quite a while, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg was gonna be Nathan Drake, no nope. and it went on long enough that they nope. eventually uh yeah shifted up, and now he's sully, but um, yeah, so <laughs> I've not been excited for an uncharted movie for a very long time because of this like um kind of production hell that it was involved in and then yeah. Nathan Filling being passed up a multitude of times to be mm-hmm. to play his Easy. you know dream role or the perfect role for him uh, in favor of what was going to be Mark Wahlberg and then when they announced like uh, you know m- baby face man child Tom Holland was going <laughs> to be Nathan Drake then I was like not extra excited either Tom
1: Holland? <laughs> I
0: couldn't tell <laughs> I, it. I mean subtle. He does I I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Just uh he looks very young. And it's a it's a great mm-hmm. benefit to an actor, generally speaking, I would say, to look young for a long time. So, yeah. you know, all, all for it. But anyways, we have Dustin on. We came and saw the movie with us. Andrea watched the movie with us. Uh mm-hmm. Dustin is a long time Uncharted fan. So um his opinion is definitely valuable here. Andrea, you, you bring the perspective of not being as familiar with the Uncharted.
1: That's right. Um, franchise, I'm so, i mean, So, have yeah, the covered. Images. I've, you know, I've seen some gameplay, but I've not actually played the games myself. So I'm fairly yeah.
0: new. All right. Well, we'll start with you and then, Andrea. Uncharted, the film. What do you think? Uncharted,
1: the film. Um. Well, one of my first reactions upon hearing you talk is, thank God Mark Wahlberg wasn't Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> um, even as a newbie, I can tell that's a mismatch. Um, wh- I mean, between looks and personality, I would not feel that at all. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, th- I mean, I was sort of iffy about him being cast as Sully, but but hearing that news, I'm sort of like, oh, well. We actually, we got got a treat that he moved into that role instead. Um, On the whole, I would give this movie maybe a uh, kind of sideways thumbs up. You okay. know, I, I didn't not like it, but I felt that there were some very real problems with it. Um, Is that official
0: metric? Like a, a, sideways, like a sideways thumbs, like, thumbs up? Yeah.
1: It is, I think. Okay. Unless unless okay. we're using our metrics. Um oh, how many fingers? How many how many fingers of whiskey? Um, I would say this would be like oh like one and a half fingers of whiskey. Okay, okay. <laughs> so there right. there were some good things and there were there were some moments I enjoyed. Um and there were some casting choices I thought worked, but I think there were some very real problems with this movie. And I don't—I don't, I don't okay. want to get too far into them without you know, kind of like giving others okay. a chance to speak. But
0: okay, all right. Well, I'm excited to hear what those are,
2: Dustin. What do you think? Uh, you want me to start with my rating, or what? Do you just like? Well, I mean,
0: uh, overall thoughts. You know, did you did you enjoy it? Overall was it uh, yeah. was it a good time? Yeah.
2: Well, okay, yes. I will say that I did enjoy it. Um, I think at this point in my life, after seeing so many video game movies and realizing that they're never going to be... I mean, you've got kind of two categories of video game movies. the Video game movies where they're like, okay, we have to put in every single thing that players play and try and make it feel like that so that they can really connect with this movie and go see it. And then there's the people who are like, this is an interesting premise. Let's tweak it to what we need it to be to be a serviceable movie. And I feel like the first option is terrible because then you always get terrible movies like Doom and stuff like that. The second option, you know, to varying degrees can be successful. I felt like this might be the best video game movie I've seen. I don't think it's one of the best movies I've seen, but um, it's one of those where, like, it's it's an action-adventure, find the treasure, ancient ruins, Tomb Raider, national treasure kind of movie. So, you know, mixed with some of the ideas from video games for set pieces, um, I think it had a lot going for it. I think that they missed some opportunities in places. But I would give it maybe six point eight lost artifacts out of ten. Nice.
0: <laughs> oh, that poor that poor uh like seventh artifact that got chipped to put in pieces.
3: Yeah, yeah you just whatever. couldn't
2: find the full piece. But yeah. It's out there. Yeah. It's not gone. Nice. It's just lost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um,
1: John. Yeah, I.
0: I. Yeah, I. Um, I. I went in with very low expectations. You know, kind of same thing with video game adaptations. Uh, I don't have high hopes. And then, nothing really screamed um at me that I should be excited as we went forward. Um, whether was the production hell or then Tom Holland being cast. Um, Sully not having a mustache uh you know like simple things um mm-hmm. so it, it it didn't give me a reason to be really excited but at the same time if that being different enough gave me the opportunity to go in and like okay uh, maybe i'll enjoy this for what it is and i came away pretty surprised i i i don't have a lot of complaints i really enjoyed the film i think it's i think it's something that um I, it seems anyways audiences have been missing. You mentioned some of them National Treasure, Da Vinci Code, uh indie, whatever these like, you know, summer action, you know, the mummy adventure kind of films uh that ca- kind of all have a similar aesthetic and and tone and yeah, it's we haven't had any of those in a while and I think this one did that kind of subgenre uh well mm-hmm
1: so. Yeah,
0: I agree. <laughs> so Andrea, why why what do you hate? So why why are you so hateful? What do you why are you so hateful? <laughs> <laughs> what do you...
1: I like how we go from asking an objective question, "What do you hate?" to "Why are you so hateful?" Yeah. <laughs> Andrea, why does your heart burn with hatred? <laughs> yeah. Why are you a ruiner of joy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell us about that. <laughs> um. So, I guess a a couple of larger th- elements um that i that I felt when watching the movie that that disrupted my enjoyment first first, I would do want to say overall, I think this is a smart movie to make if you're gonna be making um a video game movie, like you guys have said like this is this is something that's very like broadly appealing. um, you know, well, we're hunting for treasure, you know, we're exploring new places like You know, they've got great scenery in this movie. It's like, oh, like, find the treasure. All, like, very, you know, appealing things, things that people have been missing, you know, that kind of, like, summer blockbuster. Totally agree with that. Um, What I would say is one of the first problems for me was that I felt like Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland were not acting off of each other. I felt like they were... In the, especially in the beginning, I felt like the, by the end, maybe their relationship and their on-screen chemistry kind of gelled. But in the beginning, I I did not feel like they were really on the same team and, like, thing off of one another. I felt like they were each doing their sort of own thing, hitting their own marks, saying their own words, but not really, like, saying them for each other. It was just sort of like, okay, hmm. I see what you're doing over there, but I'm sort of, like, doing my thing and saying, like, my quippy thing, and, okay, cool, we ended the scene, let's go to the next scene. It, it didn't really feel like there was a gelling relationship building. Um, so I had a problem, I think, with their chemistry off of one another for, I would say, a solid at least half of the movie. I just didn't really feel like they were quite on the same page with each other. Um, and for... For this movie, for those characters, I, f- I felt like that was a real problem, um, that they that they just didn't seem to be working towards the same goals when being in the same scene. Mm-hmm. Um, another very large problem that I had um, was the very big disparities between like villains in the movie. I thought Antonio Manderas was like having the time of his life. I felt his character. I felt him like being in there, I felt him being like house of moncada, like I have to get back our treasure, like I'm going to prove it to my father. Screw you all, like this is something, you know, I have the right to even if I didn't agree with him on everything and and how like spoiled he was and how like you know, this is just sort of yeah, well, murderous. Yeah, I didn't I definitely didn't agree with him murdering his father and being like, "Sorry, dad. <laughs> Had to happen." Um, but I definitely felt, you know, I was, I was totally into his whole, like, on the plane speech of, like, today's the day, we're finally getting this back, like, you know, how many years ago the House of Moncada funded this trip for these people and then got screwed out of this. I totally felt his mindset there. Um, it do- It didn't really matter if I agreed with him, I just felt his, mm-hmm. like, you know, intent and yeah. his believability. And then... Tati Gabrielle came in and just, like, slit his throat. And I was like, oh, but you're, like, not an interesting villain in this to take over from here. Her performance throughout the whole movie, I felt, was very uneven. She wasn't all that menacing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at times she was sort of like, oh, maybe, like, we're going to have, like, a relationship between Mark Wahlberg and her Oh, maybe we're not. Oh, suddenly she's, you know, uncomfortable with where this is going. Suddenly she's a throat slitter. Like, I did not know where her character landed on the map. And I just felt it was all over the place. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: by the end, she was sort of like cartoon villainy. Like, let's go, boys. Like, I'm leading this expedition. And it really disappointed me because I've seen her do... Really amazing things on screen. I absolutely loved her character in the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think she crushed it in the Netflix uh, series You. She she had great performances there. So I know she's capable, and really just was not showcased here. So I was very disappointed in that character. Um. Yeah. So I I just I felt like those were like two really big things. Um. The third, the third thing I had a problem with, and this kind of goes back a little bit to the chemistry between Wahlberg and um, Holland, there were some scenes that, very, that felt very like, here is our objective. We are going to do the thing. We are going to say quips to each other. Other scene. like the, There were some transitions that weren't very smooth and felt more, more like a video game. You know, like, where you, like, go into a scene, you have an objective, you've completed the objective, now the game is like, great, I'm going to take you here. And I don't think that that translates to movies. You know, you can't hmm. just do, like, the, we, we've gone into this scene, objective, we've said funny things, transition scene over here. Um. So I just, I felt that there was just a little bit of, like, I'm not quite sure Like, why we're over here now, how we got over here now, because it just felt very, like, blocky and episodic. Um, So I think that that was maybe a failure of, like, transition between scenes. And it really – I felt like it really happened in kind of, like, the middle of the movie, um, in particular, when they were kind of, like, on the trail and on the quest, and there were, like, things that they had to do, and then suddenly it was like, oh, well – By happenstance, now we know we have to go over here. So those were my three big, like, you know, kind of prevented my total enjoyment of the movie.
3: Sure. Fair enough.
2: I would definitely uh, agree with you on um, the villains, whereas I felt like the rich guy kind of had a motivation that was interesting and like he didn't need to play it up he had his moments that were like interesting and then I felt like when he died it was like purely just for them to be like I don't know how is this guy gonna get his comeuppance I know let's just kill him out of nowhere because that'll be shocking and like it just didn't feel earned or like she was gonna make tons of money like she was gonna I don't know. It didn't, it didn't well, really yeah, well, it sit with really
3: me.
2: Yeah. I'm like, cause she had that much control this whole time that like now she's taking over the whole crew and yeah. Everybody I didn't...
1: just like, doesn't question the whole leadership change.
2: Yeah. I'm like, okay, is this going to be a thing? They had to be like, in on it. Everyone's trying to like kill each other now or something right? weird, but they never went that angle. Um,
1: yeah, like yeah. John said, they they had to be in on it, but I never really felt that because she only saw her with like the two dudes and you were like, OK, those are her dudes. But like suddenly everybody yeah. else is hers, too. Like,
3: I, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I think I think they're trying to say at some point that like that was like basically her army. And um, I think this was heavily her character was heavily based off of Nadine from. Um, Number four and Lost Mm -hmm. Legacy where she is like basically she has an army of like um, mercenaries and she didn't pull it off the same way that they do in the games where it's Uh like a very like interesting and capable woman who like works with whoever makes sense to work with. But she just kind of seemed like, I don't know, she was he's assassin and then all of a sudden then i assassinated him and now yeah. i have all this money and yeah. i don't know right
1: like you said I, it didn't feel earned there yeah. there wasn't enough investment in building her character to suddenly be like oh sure mm-hmm. like she's a capable villain
2: yeah and they definitely had her like two goons who almost they were almost trying to build up as like okay Tom Holland really can't go up against these guys. Sorry, Drake can't really go up against <laughs> these guys, um, and it's gonna be kind of that thing that builds over um, the movie where like they just can't get him, and he keeps making them matter, matter to the point where like they're really the nemesises of the movie together. And I don't even remember how that guy died. Like. <laughs> When did that happen? I, I don't helicopter know. Helicopter. Yeah, I was going to say the Scottish crash. guy was in the helicopter. Oh, that's right. Was the okay. other one there? And then the other the guy other go overboard? jumped yeah. onto the boat and was fighting and then, yeah. like, fell off and yeah. smacked into a, a mountain. Oh, and it was, yeah, and it was just like, okay, like, they just didn't, they didn't build it up enough and they didn't give that moment of, like, okay, he he defeated him. Like, mm-hmm. there was never a moment of, like, a good...
1: Like a rest.
2: A good defeating the villain kind of moment. Like, at the end, the boat fell on her, which was fine. But, like, the boat didn't mean that much to her in the to start off the movie, other than all of a sudden at the end, she wants to be rich. So... It wasn't like a good ooh, like this is your destiny to get crushed again. Here's your
1: comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like if if Antonio Banderas got crushed by that, then it would be like Oh "Oh, yeah, screwed over yet again by this voyage or whatever. But Yeah, they just the that's what really didn't sit well with me is that they were they didn't really know how to treat their villains and that's 50% of the chemistry going on in a movie where it's you're be getting chased and racing to the next thing so i don't think they pulled that off but
1: yeah i, I was really disappointed that they didn't stick with antonio banderas till the end you know mm-hmm. it just it felt natural like i i was there with it and like you said when he died there was no there, there was equally no like real Payoff of that, and there was no logic to it. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, it it, it yeah. definitely should have ended where he's gone crazy. He's every, he's losing everything. He's risked it all right. for this, and he's doing the like.
1: Right, you're not going to screw me over hair, like my like... ancestors got screwed over. Like this is my yeah. gold.
2: And then they'll be like, "You can have it," and then that's when he <laughs> dies, and it's just like, Ship "Yeah, you got it," but. No, you'll have I it mean...
1: forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: they No, I, I agree. I, I think that's the I think that's easily the biggest downfall. it's my one complaint, like major complaint of, of the movie is. Is uh, the villains. Um, and in really just that changing of hands, because um, I didn't understand it at all. So like you say, if maybe she is like, it's kind of her armed force or her people, um, I guess. But in but we don't even get the sense that like, oh, I'm tired of being treated like this or something like you're yeah. trying to replace me all the time. We don't even have that like as a as a why. So I, I like invented in my head. I'm thinking, well, OK, so they say the Filipino government is coming to their ship is coming at the end they'll get to the ships first, to the gold first. So my thought was, okay, was she actually working for the Filipino government or something? And so they're like, we're going mi- to, just because I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea why this was happening and why the people with her that, well, you know, we just went along with it and were okay. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. not it. If it was foreshadowed or hinted at, it was done very poorly poorly yeah because there should have been something where where we really were aware of that and if they were basing it off of nadine it's a huge mistake because nadine is a complicated character in that she is she has these mercenaries but she starts like not being okay with how they're being used in a way Mm -hmm. and like the loss Mm -hmm. of life from her people and all that stuff like it's a You know, so she's she's not just like a bad guy, you know, um, that's out to get rich or something like that. So if if they're basing off this, this character off of Nadine, I don't know why they wouldn't just include Nadine in the film, because I was thinking like going forward, if they make more, they almost can't put Nadine in now because it would like be weird, you know? Well, I guess I thought Um,
2: like... At the end, they were like thinking they needed to kill off these enemies. And so. I don't think that they could maybe in the first draft, it was Nadine or something like that. And they Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, we probably can't right off the bat kill one of the. I mean, she was only really in number four and the spinoff game, but um, they probably felt like they couldn't get away with that. Mm
0: -hmm. But they didn't. That's the thing. They didn't need to kill her off. It would you would have made an interesting and sympathetic character if she was like always kind of one step behind the competition, mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's Chloe or it's Drake or something like that. And so she's getting frustrated. She has her people that, yeah. you know, are whether in her family or whatever. And so when it, a betrayal maybe makes sense, but not for like a turn for Wolf well, for the gold or mm-hmm. something like that. And mm-hmm. so it would be more of a you don't have the help of my men anymore. Like right. the cost yeah. isn't worth it here. We're, we're out peace. Do this yourself or something right. like that. Cause now that creates a sympathetic character. That's learned something that mm-hmm. moving forward, we can, we can have something more interesting with her. Um, yeah, and, uh, cause yeah. And I, the yeah. vibe
2: I got from this movie for sure was like, Hey, let's go with young baby face, Tom Holland. And right. then we can just do these for the next 30 years. Right. Like, they have plenty of time to just keep on exploring, which I'm not against. Right. But like you said, like that would have been great if maybe just the bad guy, Antonio Berendez, got to the point where he went crazy and like had to get his gold and then died. And at some point she was like, screw this. And mm-hmm. then that sets up great dynamics for future movies. Right.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed that um they, they, they just, sort of didn't pick a lane for her character Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like she she really was in the beginning like she felt kind of small time um she she just felt smaller than Antonia banderas and it was just like okay well she's like a mercenary working with these two guys and then suddenly she had an army and it's like i really didn't see that coming so i really wish they would have like been like okay we're just gonna keep her small time and you know Makata goes to the end, and then you know she goes off somewhere. Maybe maybe she lives, maybe she dies. Like I don't know, but you know this is like the the lane we've got for her character. Or like you guys were talking about, if she really was based on Nadine, yes, she's she's got this whole like group of mercenaries. She's a little bit bigger than that. You know Makata contracts her in. You know he kind of just like gets too single minded in his pursuit of the gold starts, you know, kind of like using her, her team expendably and she's out like either one of those stories would have been more interesting than the like smash together, Mm -hmm. you know, mix up that they had where you're just like, I don't really know what her story is and where she's coming from. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like she's, being used by him over here, but now she's like taking over. Everybody seems to be going along with it. Like she's got dozens of people, like these fancy helicopters for lifting out the ships. I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it just didn't quite match up.
3: It definitely
2: seemed like they had a movie. And then at some point they rewrote the ending. Yeah. And they weren't quite sure. They just figured this would be better than what we had last time. And then that's what made it. And then. Right. So just forget about planting all the seeds that would make <laughs> sense as to why everything's happening right. at the end. But yeah, I yeah. don't
0: know. Well, and the other thing that they could have done with getting that, you know, if it, using her as Nadine and having her a reason that she'd leave is, uh, it's kind of a common thing in all of the Uncharted games, except for when Amy Henning was kicked out and then they did Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. The other ones all have a supernatural element. I don't think four does. And so it's Mm because it's a hallmark of an Indiana Jones um, thing as well, where it's like it's all based, you know, we're telling these tall tales. This this is a history. This is a religion. What's true, of course, in the it's like whatever the superstition part of it. But then part of it's always true. And so you always get the surprise of something mystical as supernatural uh, occurs to throw a wrench in the Mm -hmm. end things. So it would make sense that like her men now are are excavating or whatever and they are disappearing or they're dropping like flies and there's like tales of ghosts or whatever is something going on, you know, and then so you get there and it's another thing you have to contend with. Um, That would be an interesting battle other than just a few henchmen that most of the henchmen are being killed slash get the hell out of there mm-hmm. and then we have to deal with i don't know skeleton pirates take your pick but you'd have to you'd have to lead up to that a little bit you drop a few hints here and there or something like yeah. that just so yep. it doesn't take audiences too right. off because it's kind of like Indiana jones you explain the arc of the covenant what's that shooting out of there i don't know raw energy like be you know whatever you explain the mysticism so then when we get there and it actually happens you're like oh damn you know right so mm-hmm.
2: That was one of the biggest things for me for number four was loved one through three. They're great. They always had that twist at the end that finally came out. That's like, Oh, this is what, this is what's actually happening with this treasure, which is crazy. And then number four, I was expecting that the whole way through. it's a fairly long game. And I'm like, you're really waiting for that at the end. And then it never (laughs) came. And I was just like, Okay, I understand that that was a very good game. But at the same time I felt like I missed something because it it wasn't what the other ones were, which, you know, was that formula yep. at some point. But when it came to this movie, the beginning had so many similarities with 4 that I I wasn't expecting it. I was kind of thinking like even though I would have loved it to have that kind of angle added in. It's kind of like, okay, they're definitely someone definitely played uncharted 4 and was like okay i'm going to base my script on this and then it you know it just went the route of real world treasure seeking which is totally fine for yep. this like there's plenty of excitement to do with that and stuff like that um yeah yeah i feel like yeah.
1: um i th- i feel like it's maybe a smarter move for the first movie to mm-hmm. to leave out that element and then they can se- kind of maybe introduce that in later movies if they are going to do which it I mean, the ending seemed like we're keeping it sure. for this trilogy. But I guess, yeah, for for those who have played the game, that would be potentially mm-hmm. a disappointing element here. For sure. Well,
0: it's 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 a little sad to me because it seems like Naughty Dog is like Neil Druckmann Studio. You know, it just is like everything is whatever Neil Druckmann wants to do. And so that's great. And it makes amazing games in The Last of Us. When you want to have this like grounded zombie thing that's like about moral ambiguity and dark choices and, you know, trauma, but then you have him take over um, Uncharted and you that's why four feels it it is darker, it is more serious, like there's more moments even to like dwell on the past, you know? Nathan's getting a little older you know they 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 just it removes some of the fun and then they make the game two or three times longer than the other ones um and then remove the supernatural element and so like this all this stuff is like well I I didn't want my Uncharted to be Last of Us like these are separate things and so like Amy Mm -hmm. Hennig's baby like she understood so well what makes an Indiana Jones film an Indiana Jones film and how that can apply to this and so it just you know. It they really signaled it when they released the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection or something for PC remastered just uh, a few weeks ago or something. And it's Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy. Well, why do you want all these PC players to start with four?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. where well, what the first three they that they can't play because they're not accessible and able to play on PC. So they're clearly like that's why I'm kind of worried about the future of Uncharted. They're like, we're doing the Druckmann way yeah. and the more serial yeah. thing. And so, yeah, just if they did take some of that blueprint along with like cherry picking, like exciting moments, you know, action sequences from the other ones for this movie. I think that's part of, yeah, mm-hmm. why it, it it could have been a little more as much fun as it was. And as mm-hmm. much as I I really enjoyed the ride. Um, yeah, because I thought even Antonio Banderas's character was a little reminiscent of the villain from four. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't remember him very well, but, yeah,
1: sure,
0: yeah, I don't um, remember yeah. him very
1: well either,
3: yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> not at
3: all to
2: be <laughs>
1: not at all. God, what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's that's very um, interesting. I didn't know that that background between those games, but now that makes sense because he has a very cinematic feel to the way he puts together his stories and stuff, which is why that feels the most cinematic Mm. to all of them. um, But then totally cuts out parts that made Uncharted Mm. what was Uncharted to begin with. So interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, And Amy Hennig was attached to a Star Wars game for forever and then EA canceled it. So that was her fate. Amy Hennig was going to do basically Star Wars Uncharted. Um, oh, and she was at the development, yeah. Was that and the then 33, um, or what was that? No, called? uh, nope, that was uh, that wasn't Coruscant, like the really below level, lower levels thing, mm-hmm. kind of bounty hunter, something. Oh, well, there's another different. one that she was doing, yeah. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that got the axe, and now she's somewhere else doing something else. I forget what, but too bad, but yeah, yeah project ragtag that her thing she started up maybe alan posted here i don't remember it doesn't that doesn't ring a bell but what do we think about yeah. the um oh it was canceled. oh project oh that was the the code name for it okay all right gotcha. gotcha okay um what do we think about the other other characters uh specifically i guess um you know like chloe sully Fraser. really like yeah and chloe um how do we feel they came across. We've been talking villains for a while. I will
2: say that I don't know if it's because now I've seen so many things where it's like different interpretations and like the multiverse where (laughs) the What If series like we were talking about where it's like this character could be a different person and Mm -hmm. maybe in my old senile age, I'm also just not as willing to like really attack Movies for certain things that don't fit what I've already seen. Sure, um, I'm okay with things changing. Um, so I felt like Marky Mark being in there didn't really bother me. I felt like he did a good job of being kind of like the the teacher who is like you know still has a lot to learn, but knows just a little bit more than Nathan Drake, and he's willing to. You know, bring him under his wing. Um, he's definitely not the Sully that you ever get to see in the games because mm-hmm. he's kind of an old man all the time, even in like flashbacks. So um, I'm glad that they at least brought back the mustache at the very end there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like these are just slightly different versions. I feel like Tom Holland was a little bit closer to what Nathan Drake is than uh, Mark Wahlberg was to Sully. Um, and Chloe, I felt like, you know, this is kind of the younger version of her too, because she doesn't really show up until Nathan is older in number two, but she felt like, you know, she kind of had the same character
0: for most. So there's part. a suggested past when mm-hmm. she shows up in two, they know each other. We see her for the first time.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: if I recall, they've had a history.
2: So it felt like she fit in um, yeah. with what was in the games, whereas the other guys were kind of more of like a, here's our take on what the younger versions of them were like, I guess. Um, and I guess I'll, I won't get into this too much, but one thing I wanted to bring up was that, like the the map jumping and the clues that are left Around, like, they, in the games, I always felt like they go out of their way to make sure that you understand all these characters who are doing this are super smart. Like, they have studied, they know their Latin, they know the history, so that when they're putting together the clues, it's not like in the movie where they just open a jar and they're like, well, the treasure's not here, but there's a map, and (laughs) then basically points to the treasure.
3: Right. Like...
2: It's them, like, remembering, okay, like, he died at this time, and Mm. it's rumored, like, they piece together history, and then that's when they've realized the clue to, like, take the pieces together. And I felt like that was something that they needed to give Tom Holland a little bit more of, to be like, he's not just a thief. Like, Mm. him and his brother were born into like learning this knowledge and that's why they have the upper hand and this kind of could have gone with like he could have picked any thief off of the street and they would have right. I don't know I mean that's a little I they gave him here some there. knowledge
0: like I, I, yeah. I was okay with the added like Mar- you know Sully says like how do you remember all this stuff or something yeah. so I feel like there's
2: that's true They I guess uh, with the map and stuff they definitely added some things but I just felt like I don't know it It was telegraphed better in the game. Yeah, I I kind of picked up
1: what you were saying, Dustin. Like, but I actually felt like they gave Tom Holland a lot of that, and a lot of the other characters none of that.
2: None of it. Okay.
1: You know what I mean? Like Chloe didn't seem to really figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Sully was like, "I've been searching for a tree," and then like, you know, Tom Holland is like, "Oh yeah, I've just found like this image of the tree on a church, like." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was like uh, Sully really couldn't, like, Google that image of a tree or, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because, it, it, like, yeah. that tree was so perfectly replicated from the diary t- mm-hmm. on that church. And I was like, he really couldn't have ever found that. Google in, image like,
0: search. No, that's no. not. No. I mean,
1: he, I, I know it's obviously not perfect, but, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a little. Like Tom Holland did actually have an edge in that, and like everybody else mm-hmm. was a little clueless for, That's true. for searching for for the treasure, especially in Sully's case for like how long he said he'd been purportedly searching for this. Mm-hmm. He just didn't seem to know a whole lot about it. Yeah. So yeah, I and know. it I felt guess a little I'll... silly that everybody wasn't what more well rounded.
2: Yeah. Yep. I'll walk back my statement a little bit. Like they definitely let you know that he knew history because he was talking about the map and then he'd piece together things. And yeah, I guess one of the things that I enjoy about the games is that everybody there who's like a part of the adventure. They've earned their place because they only got so far because they know how to figure all this stuff out and they have vast knowledge. Like Chloe just basically says like, I was in a cave and I found it or something like that. So... (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, it didn't give me the, the kind of, I guess National Treasure does it a little bit too, where like, he's just so smart, he remembers like how this connects to that and whatever. They didn't do as much as that as I would have expected them. I get you. But he definitely had, you know, some chops on it. And this is supposed to be the super young guy who's just like fine with pickpocketing people to make extra money. So maybe th- that I'm thinking too much of the, the later thirties Drake, where this is the young
0: twenties yeah. getting into the game. I, I, I do, I do hear that though. Cause y- the sort of thing that separated Drake from all the other thieves, he surrounds himself himself with the kind of shady characters is that he, he, is proud of his ancestry. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so that is kind of a thing that when you're, you know, parentless and stuff, you're an orphanage or whatever, you kind of cling to this idea of self-importance that your bloodline has. And so, you know, it's a reason to be invested to start digging in history and then to like really attach to that. And so like, some of his quests and some of his journeys, I always feel like has a little more than well. I'm just trying to get this to make money, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas mm-hmm. Sully's kind of like I'm in in for adventure. I want to get the things and and make money. I want to sell sell this stuff, you know. And Chloe's kind of the same way. I'm I'm out here for adventure. Like I'm not at peace in my life or whatever. And I'm going to you know I'm going to let it all hang out out here. And I'm going to get rich doing it. Yeah. And Nate is like. You know i so I thought that this kind of reintroducing like he kind of pushed his past, he'd taken off the ring, you know, I was forgotten about his brother, mm-hmm. and so kind of the this getting back mm-hmm. into that like re right. understand what this like core purpose you had kind of growing up um revitalizing that i i I think that's an important distinguishing element to hit to his character, and i I thought they mm-hmm. did that, okay. yeah so um let's see so yeah for me if they would have just um given sully a mustache and a cigar for the whole movie (laughs) and then and then just if they're she's gonna be nadine just have her be nadine and not Mm -hmm. take over our bad guy if they just changed those two things i i would have i mean very good in my mind uh the (laughs) um because um, the other thing with Antonio Banderas, we never got the payoff is we had this really good moment between Tom Holland and him in the mm-hmm. museum or in the, the auction area, you know, and like the threat that like I bought the threat that Antonio Banderas, you know, and I, I liked that little confrontation. And so it would have right. been great to see that conclude. I
1: say, yeah. You they know, it would have really been satisfying. Again. Yep. You know, it was just mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, I'll never really get. Them together to see what yeah. uh, w- what mm-hmm. them like meeting again would look like.
2: Yeah, yep. you definitely needed that classic moment where the villain has the good guys and is kind of like you've mm-hmm. really been a pain in my side. Kind of right. exactly. Yep.
3: Exactly. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, I definitely think that the the final act of it had potential, but they didn't realize what they were missing out on, and they just pushed it through to finish the movie that has never been finished for so long. Yeah. Um, Cause when they, they find those two ships and they pick them up or whatever, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good set piece. You've literally got like two flying sail ships to yeah. fight on and jump between. Right. And, and then like the action cuts and like, you've got to be able to give enough visual like identification for the people to understand where the people are yeah. and how they relate to each other when they're fighting. And I felt like they didn't have a good through line for the fight sequence to where it almost seemed like they jumbled up the, uh, the series of events or something like that. Cause all of a sudden like they asked, ex- who was
1: on what ship.
2: Yeah, like Mark Wahlberg and and Tom Holland accidentally like attack each other for a quick second. And you don't realize that, like, that's what happened. And then all of a sudden, like, there's fewer bad guys and all of a sudden there's more bad guys. I don't know. I felt like the editing on that final fight was just all over the place and kind of ruined the premise of like, oh, sky pirates do it. (laughs) But um, I think they pulled off the airplane like set. Like that was pretty fun even though. There's definitely a fair amount of moments where you could see CGI unbelievable Tom Holland jumping and flopping around and stuff like that. Like got a little weird, but I was willing to give them that. That's fine. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it was just just about to be a pretty good movie, and then mm-hmm. they just had a couple of things that were just like,
3: yeah, some
1: stumbles. yeah. Let's
2: hopefully it did good enough to that. They can keep going because. I'd like to see. Sully and Nathan Drake get mm-hmm. to that point that you see him in the games, where now there's are seasoned at all this and stuff gets crazy and weird and
1: mm-hmm.
2: interesting. Sure. Yeah. But
1: yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I guess I would I would kind of round out my commentary with with two different kind of observations slash maybe hopes. Um, one, I had a lot of fun in this movie. Um, you know, dis- despite some I think valid you know concerns and complaints about things that happened, the overall effect was fun. I did enjoy myself, mm-hmm. um, and I felt that. Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland's chemistry gelled by the really perfectly very, by the very last scene. (laughs) Um, I wish they would have gotten there sooner, but they got there and I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed kind of like the final scene. And that sort of gave me like, yeah, I'd springboard this into another movie. So, I mean, I, I do hope that they would make another one, um, Mm -hmm. with these two guys and, and hopefully they've figured out, you know, whatever they're doing acting wise. um, so that they can kind of be like a team going forward. So, on the whole, I liked it. I would love for another movie to be made with with some like very thoughtful improvements to it. Yeah. Um the second thing I noticed was like ah man, I am feeling my age in this movie because I I felt like I was noticing some very like strange and also practical things about the movie that were very distracting for one um every time somebody fell and like hit themselves it was like oh that's a bone break like you broke you broke your knee you broke your elbow like oh my god he broke his back he'd be in a cast like how are these people like i'm like mid-30s like I sleep wrong and my neck's twitched, like, six days, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) how are you, like, falling out of a plane and landing on, like, a piece of cargo and you're like, get myself back up? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if maybe, like, my early 20s are too distant a memory to know how, like, you know, your body can bounce back. But, man, poor Alan, who was sitting next to me, like, probably like, oh, my God, why is Andrea flinching all the time? And I'm just (laughs) like, oh, my God, it's poor Patella. He hit his knee on that that thing really hard like
3: this patella
1: oh man you know i was like oh that's a torn acl right there gonna be
0: hurting tomorrow
1: (laughs) oh man i don't know if maybe it was just like the excellent sound that we were having that was just like amplifying everything i mean like that added something yeah Uh, oh man um also like oh no go ahead
0: well i mean i just like it's been been, we've been saying for a while. I know I've been on it about how I wish we could we could dial it down a notch, you know, <laughs> of, of the over the top. Like, I think I blame Marvel, but honestly, right. I blame Marvel. But it's just like humans can only do so much. And I know that the human like, body can only our, take so much, man. Yeah, our our suspension of disbelief keeps get keeps having to be elevated for yeah. normal people. And it's a little It's a little frustrating, you know, whether it be whether it be Black Widow in one thing or John Wick in another, like it's getting a little bit insane. And I just wish we could take it, you know, because it it's more, you don't it's more believable. It's just one of those things where you don't always have to have the bigger explosion for the Mm -hmm. explosion to have more impact. It matters what got exploded and what's the yeah, right. So. Uh, yeah, I would be fine with them dialing down notch, but I didn't think of anything of it in here because <laughs> I'm so deadened to that now. That <laughs> You're like, so dead inside. <laughs> yeah.
1: You yeah. Know, no, I, when, I get it. It was just you know, it was a for hundred me. pound
0: woman just- takes down an army of dudes and then jumps out of a plane and barrel, you know, rolls on the ground and it's yeah, you know, like just it's just right. nuts. It's just nuts.
2: So, John, so, yeah. you want? Right here, yeah an action movie where by the end they've just broken every bone and they're just in a full body cast yeah. fighting everybody. Yes. I mean, yeah, now that I say because, that, I would say that. that's
1: how I felt in this movie. I was like, everybody should be in a body cast right now. I don't care who you are. If you're Tom Holland or you're Tati Gabrielle. Like you're in a body cast. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, yes. So I was just sort of like noticing that. I also noticed like, the scene in the club where Tom Holland and um, sorry, I, I keep saying Tom Holland, but like Nathan Drake oh, Chloe. and Chloe Frazier
3: yeah.
1: are trying to blend in, and they like shed, you know, their backpacks and whatnot, and they're dancing and whatever, and then they like go behind the bar. I'm like, don't leave your backpack. That has like all your stuff yeah. in it.
0: <laughs> like, passport. I
1: was like, oh know, yeah. wear that
0: around your waist and your where's fanny your, pack thing. Your,
1: yeah, where's your crucifixes and your you know yeah. your keys and what? And then. They just like leave them, but then like somehow later Chloe had her backpack and was like, did they go back for the backpacks? Did nobody steal oh, those backpacks? You left those backpacks in the middle of a watch crowded club floor. Dang it. Like, gotta watch it again. So uh, yeah, so like that, or like the time where Mark Wahlberg was like, yeah, I mean, this guy on the app said he would go feed my cat, but I've been waiting to hear from him. I was like, God, is this cat okay? <laughs> I would love to know if his cat is okay. So I was just like, man, I'm really like feeling my age. If I can't just enjoy the magic of the movies without actually wondering (laughs) if Mark Wahlberg's cat was fed (laughs) or if somebody went back for their backpack and nobody stole it. Thank goodness.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 That's a long day at the, at the embassy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But do you guys have any like kind of final thoughts, like anything, anything to add or, you know, push back on. I know I I said some, you know, other things about, you know, issues I had with the movie, but any any negatives or positives?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess overall I'm I'm excited that hopefully this actually does become a franchise because mm-hmm. I think they could go a lot of places with it. Like there's you could endlessly chase treasure or whatever and come up with fun stories. I just think that For sure. Yeah, I hope that they They make it a little bit more smart Mm -hmm. and they make use of their of their set pieces. Like, I think they definitely were trying to have interesting set pieces for some of the stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. The cargo plane was definitely pulled from number three, but the pirate ship one was totally new and I was on board with it. Uh, a- until
1: until board. it wasn't it's yeah fun. <laughs> if
2: only I had tried to do that one
3: <laughs> but
2: yeah I'm I'm excited for where it could go because I did enjoy this movie even though I griped on a lot of things Um, and I was fine with it being just different enough from the games where it's but that's also me is that I don't I don't get caught up on those kind of details as much as I used to especially when it's like I know that this is a completely different medium like just make a movie that's a good movie don't try and do whatever to make sure that you only pull in the people who know
0: the franchise
1: yeah
2: so
0: yeah for me it was uh it was both different and similar enough like if it I think it was different in ways that were good that they're not retelling what happened in the game. So mm-hmm. it clearly it clearly is a separate thing. It's it's right. o- it's not like fitting into the canon somehow. It's a different thing. And so um you have more room to play then. But the important thing is that to me it still felt like Uncharted. Mm-hmm. It still yep. it still yep. felt like it had enough of the the hallmarks of what that is to Mm to to work you know it didn't it to me didn't feel like uncharted in name only because that's where i have the problem like you can change stuff but if when you're like just gonna take a property and you're counting on a chunk of the audience coming just because they know the name and then you just like take a dump all over that and it's really has nothing to do with that that's where i have a problem and i felt like this was this felt enough like uncharted Mm -hmm. you know and um so I, I I was pleasantly surprised. I'm hopeful for a second one. Mm-hmm. I think um I think that they they one of you had said that they it was doing well. And I I looked that up and yeah, I think it's a, in the top 5 for um like the same time period um sure. opening opening weekends or whatever. So sure. it's it's doing well. And um uh reviewing well by audiences. And um, and then I don't know if you guys heard when we left, people in front of us got up and they said, well, got to go get a PS5 now.
1: Yeah. And, oh. uh,
0: and then they said, like, well, you know, we got to first and firstly in my head, I'm like, well, good luck. And then I thought <laughs> um, they uh, they were talking about like systems they had before. Like, oh, we have PS4s. Oh, someone else has that and, like they sold it or something, you know? And so like, that's what Sony wants to do here. That's so what they bought destiny. You know, they won't get mm-hmm. promise of making that into a movie franchise. They're mm-hmm. doing oh. their HBO last of us show, right They're do, You know, they're doing something goes to the Tsushima, which I'm most worried about, but oh. they're doing all these things. And if they get, if my little one experience there, if someone standing up saying they want a PS five now, mm-hmm. that's the goal you know yeah yeah
1: i i would absolutely agree with that because i i was gonna say you know as my my absolute final closing thought like this movie did make me i'd already wanted to play the uncharted games and this movie like you know pushed me further along the like yeah like i'm actually gonna actively seek that out yep so yeah
2: i started playing number four again and i was like yeah this game is great it makes me want to basically go through the trilogy again so if i hadn't played them before i probably would and bottom, so
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah,
0: they know what they're doing, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, um, well, I think that'll about do it. That's Uncharted the movie. Um, our thoughts here it's been Popcast on the Rocks episode 95. We got plans something for episode 100. I mean, before you know it, oh it's God. uh, to be here. I don't know, going on or past like the two year mark or whatever of this show, I mean. We got lots, lots of
1: stuff,
0: (laughs) lots to look forward to as well. So anyways, um, thank you, Dustin, for jumping on for this episode. Appreciate you uh, being back. Thank you
2: very much. um,
0: Yeah, you bet. Um, killing the killing the flower. We also want to thank them. That's a band. They did our theme song. You can check them out on Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube. And um, otherwise, we'll be back. We'll be back next week, probably talking raised by wolves, I'm guessing, or something. So of keep going on that and that'll do it. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, thank you. Cheers, everybody.
0: Have a good
3: one. Cheers.